Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back for another episode of Motivational Slash Mindful Mondays here on the Pace Place Podcast. All right, and so as you guys know, we have ended our series on the importance and the power of Jesus's words. And so, of course, today I want to start something new. Um, I don't really know if it's going to be a series, but uh, we'll see. But for now, um, I want to be coming today from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. And man, it's so interesting because I thought I did an episode on this already because this is like one of my favorite scriptures. And I was like, no, I haven't. I actually went through all of my podcast episodes, looking at them, listening to like verses that I've dropped. And I was like, wait a minute, I haven't done a podcast episode on this one yet. So of course, I am here today to do one. (laughs) And so let's get right into it. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. All right. And it reads, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So that is one of my top 10 favorite scriptures of all time. Okay, I'm telling y'all, it's my favorite scripture of all time because the revelation that came from this scripture when I first got it. Okay, mind you, I've read this multiple times, multiple, multiple, multiple times. But when revelation came to me about what Jesus is actually saying here, oh man, like this is like in my top three. Okay, and it's so fascinating to even understand it on a deeper level. It's not just about coming to Christ. This is about our souls. This is about our weariness. This is about how we who labor and not just labor as far as a job, labor as far as working hard, like yes, but the labor that is specifically being talked about here is the person who grows weary, a person who grows tired and exhausted of the toils and the burdens and the grief of the world, particularly being laid upon your shoulders. And I know for a fact that we as people have all been in this place. I know I have. And that's what led me to Christ because I was burdened. I was heavy laden to labor with wearisome, with a wearisome effect. That was me. It was me. I was growing tired. I felt fatigue of not working per se physically, but in my spirit of being bogged down with the things of the world, how the enemy intended on me to be. I was wearied. 
And so I absolutely love this. I absolutely love what Christ is telling us here in these three verses, because even those three verses, it is a power pack. Okay. It's packed with so much information and so much revelation. And I highly recommend you guys to go read it yourselves, study it yourselves, understand exactly what the savior is referring to in this verse. Okay. It's absolutely amazing. He's actually telling us that the people who groan, who murmur, who are over Wait, okay, with ceremonial laws and traditions that are placed on us by the world, by the worldly uh, vision of how we should be as far as religion. Okay, this is what Jesus has come to tell us that those who labor, those who are heavy laden, come, he's saying, come. He tells us to come and that coming to him, he embraces us into his new system under the new covenant of being free from all of those burdens, to being free from the ceremonies, to being free from the ritualistic aspects of the church. And so I absolutely love this. And I absolutely love the fact that he even closes out chapter 11 in this way. Because when we actually look at this entire chapter, Jesus is going in. Okay. He's talking about the unrepentant people um, in the cities who feel like they don't have to repent. He's talking about the messengers from John the Baptist, he's going in in so many different aspects and how the uh, the blind man, right, he was, he received his sight back, how the lame was able to walk, how the leprous are cleansed, how the deaf now hear and the dead is being raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed, he's saying, and blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. This is exactly what he's talking about in the entire chapter 11. So for him to close it out in a way where it's saying, yes, you will go through all of these things. Yes, there will be judgment and it's going to be the same judgment as the days of Sodom. He ends it all off by saying, come to me. Come to me. No matter where you are, no matter what you think you have done, no matter where you think you are, no matter if you feel like you're lost and you're poor and you're ruined from sin, you're just burdened down. Your conscience can't take anymore. You're consciously aware of your transgressions, but you seem like you just can't ever get from this place of danger. You're trembling with fear, and you, but you're still seeking deliverance, but just don't know how to receive the relief of the world, the relief of sin that has a hold on you, that is keeping our people in bondage, Christ says, come to me and I will give your soul rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. This is an invitation that is actually unthinkable in the mouths of anyone else but God. If somebody else said, come to me, I'm going to give you rest. I'm like, who do you think you is? You ain't God. You know, even if I don't know God, that will be my response. Even if I have never accepted 
accepted Christ in my heart, I'm like, you ain't God. Like, who you think you is? You know, like only, only God can come with a response like this for people to actually take it seriously, to know that if he is calling me to him, if he is offering and extending the invitation, then there is something there for me. But we have to be able to step through that door. The door is wide open. He is inviting us in, but we have to come to him. He's inviting us. And the fact that he's a perfect gentleman, he's not going to come and roll all around and get comfortable if he has not been invited in. Jesus himself, we must come to. But by a personal trust. And that's the thing right there. We have to take our salvation personal. We have to understand that everyone has to work out their own soul salvation. So that comes with having a personal relationship with God. Don't come to the doctrine. Don't come to ordinances. Don't come to the ministry. Don't come to your pastor. Don't come because you like somebody at the church. Don't come because you just, you like the the worship service or the praise team, but come because you want a personal relationship with the Savior. Come because it is personal. Come because you want your spirit and your soul to have the rest that only God can give us. It's in us to come to him, to believe in him, and to trust in him and him only for salvation. And in doing this, we will receive the rest. In doing this, we will have the rest from sin, from the conscious awareness that terrifies us in the inside that will ultimately lead us to death. We will have rest from eternal death in Christ Jesus and the trusting in him and the believing in who he is and what he has done for us at the cross. Jesus has directed his call to those who are burdened. He called those who must come to him to relieve their need instead of living in self-sufficiency. Instead of living a self-righteous life, he calls the laborers. The labor implies the burden that we take upon ourselves. When we assign ourselves assignments, when we out here thinking that we self-made and we self-sufficient and we're self-righteous and there is no God, there is the universe that leads and guides me. And all of these crazy things that we think, we are the laborers. These are the people who Christ is calling unto him. These are the people who he wants to give rest. And then it just makes me think about too, when Jesus walked this earth, okay? He sat with the sinners. He sat with the poor. He sat with the needy. He didn't sit with the people who were already saved. Because they did not need the physician. The sick is the people who needed the, the physician. 
The soul sick people are the ones who needed him, are the ones who he was calling upon him, are the ones who he was ready and willing and there to deliver. And once he died and rose again on the third day and now sits at the right hand of the father on his throne, we all have an invitation to come unto him. We all have the ability to be reconnected back to the father. All we have to do is understand that we do need him. We need to understand that we are burdened and we are troubled. We are of sin and we are ruined unless our spirit is reconnected to the Holy Spirit of God. Once we come into that place of repentance, once we come into that place of understanding our need for him, then the transformation can start to take place in our lives. Then we can be free from the burden of sin. We can start living and operating in a lifestyle that is pleasing unto God. And then we get into the heavy laden. It actually implies the burden others put on us, like our family, like our friends. And it was it's so interesting because I was just in a situation with my family the other day where she's literally placing all her burdens on me. I have nothing to do with this situation. We live thousands of miles apart, but for some reason, I get the phone call and, and, and it's like, well, you need to do this and you need to do that because I need this and I need this and da da da, da this is X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, but why is it that you're placing your burdens on me? I'm not Jesus. I am not by any means able to save you. I am a person, a human being, a sinner, just like you, just like everyone else. And this is the problem that we have nowadays where we want to lay our burdens on the wrong people. Yes, I can intercede for you. Yes, I can touch and agree with you. Yes, I can give to you. I can help you if I am capable, if I am able, if the Lord is leading me in that capacity. But ultimately, we are to trust in God. Ultimately, we are to put our burdens on the Lord and allow him to lead and guide us into the spaces and places where we need to be to receive what we need to receive in the physical because we have already done what we needed to do in the spirit to be able to receive what it is that we are needing in that moment. And a lot of times people don't understand that. And I'm talking to myself too, because for the longest, I did not understand that. And this is why Jesus also tells us to seek ye first after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Before he says that all things will be added unto you, he tell us to first seek the kingdom. Okay, seek first after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Because in the seeking, we shall find. And when we're seeking God, we are being led by his Holy Spirit into that Kairos 
moment, that appointed time, that opportune time, that right moment, right place to interact, to have a divine encounter, to receive in the physical what we've been needing, but we have not been asking in that manner, but instead doing the work that we need to do in the spirit to receive what we need in the spirit so that then the spirit can lead our flesh into the physical manifestation of what the actual need is in reality. And so that is what it it, it takes us to a point of laying those burdens down. Yes, we need our bills to be paid. Yes, we have expenses. We have kids. We need food. We need clothes. We need shoes. We need money. God knows all of this. He knows. He's the creator of it all. And it's it's, it's so interesting because he knows because he's the creator of it all. Everything that we have, even our needs, our necessities, God created those needs and necessities. So he knows exactly what it is, but when we're not in a place of being able to to rest in him, when we're not in a place of trusting in God, then that's where we're now taking on those burdens. That's where we're now being heavy laden. That is where Jesus speaks about when he says, come to me, because he does not want us to be in that place. He wants us to be in a place of freedom. He wants us to lay it down. He does not want us to bear hard burdens. Because in the in the process of bearing hard burdens, do you know what it does to us, to our conscious mind, right? What it, what does it do? We think about that burden all day, and we get what we get woe out. Okay, we be tired from thinking about how I'm gonna pay my bills, how I'm gonna do this, how I'm gonna get my kids something to eat tonight. How, how, how? Oh, I don't, I can't see a way out of this. How can I get out of this situation? How can I even find myself in this situation? How can I even, how, how, how? That's all we can think about. Then we don't have no room in our minds to think about God. This is another reason why he tells us to lay it at his feet. Lay our burdens down and he will give us rest. And then how, how it's interesting, right? Because how can we lay the burdens down? We can lay it down, but then what we do, sometimes we go, we pick it back up, right? Y'all ever did that? I, I know I have. <laughs> I have laid something down that I said, Lord, I have no power over this and I don't want this to have power over me, God. I don't want to be analyzing this situation by thinking about it, by analyzing it more than I'm thinking about and studying your word, Lord. So I give it to you. I lay it at your feet, God. Tell me why the next week I'm back here stressing about the same thing that I claim I didn't lay down and gave to the Lord. Like we often do that. 
But in the laying down, are we taking up? Because we have to also take something when we let something go. We have to fill that space of where we were worrisome with something else. What are we feeding ourselves? What are we consuming, right? And so here it is. He says in verse 29, take my yoke upon you. So once we release ourselves of the burdens of the world, right, then we can take his yoke upon us. And I absolutely love this because when I tell y'all, okay, the yoke of Christ, ah, man, this is it's so good because this yoke often talks about balance. It often talks about being coupled with something to someone who is greater or stronger than us. Okay. And so I definitely want to get into where the whole yoke comes from. So Jesus made us a wonderful offer. First, he invited us to come onto him, lay our burdens down and he'll give us rest. Then he has extended that invitation for us to now take of his yoke and learn of him. Okay, and so I'm like, take up my yoke and learn. Okay, so I wanted to go into the yoke because I'm like, why a yoke? Like, why that word specifically? So we must come as a disciple. We must come to him to learn. We must be willing to be guided by his yoke. Not merely to receive something, not merely to have our needs met, but to take of his yoke, to allow his yoke to lead and guide us, to allow the Holy Spirit to do the perfect work of God in and and through us. Because that's the thing. We can't do anything unless we're being led by the Spirit. So the word yoke actually comes from the Old Testament. And it's it's so interesting how it all plays out. Because if we go into the Old Testament and any word that you see, the word God, okay, that's the capital G, little O-D, okay? When we click on that word in the Strong's, right, and it, it actually brings up a picture of an ox head, which represents its strength, and then a picture of a shepherd's staff representing the authority of the shepherd. So now, before we even move on from that, we can see kind of where we're going with this, okay? The picture of an ox, which is representing the strength, okay? And then we have the picture of the shepherd's staff, which is representing the authority of the shepherd. So when we combine these two things together, it comes out to say the strong authority. Now, when we talk about the strong authority, when we actually look at the ancient Hebrew pictographs, it also represents the ox in the yoke. Okay, and so this is where it gets interesting because I'm like the oxen yoke and Jesus tell us to take of his yoke. It must be something there. So what we see here is that we have two oxen who are often yoked together. 
An older, more experienced ox who would be able to tame or uh, able to teach the younger ox. And what they would do is they would yoke these oxen together, one older, more experienced, with the one yoke younger, less experienced, and the older ox is the is the strong authority. So the younger ox is yoked, tied together to the strong authority for the older ox to teach the younger ox to be stronger. To teach the younger ox how to plow, how to maneuver in the fields when it came to harvest time, when it came to the things of the field, when it came to working, the the yoking together of two parties. It's actually a treaty or a covenant that binds two parties together through an oath or a yoke. The yoke includes blessings for abiding by the covenant and also curses for breaking the covenant. And I was like, this is reminding me a lot about Jesus, okay? And so it's so interesting just how everything correlates from Old Testament to New Testament. And this is under the word God. So the God of the Hebrews was seen as the older ox that is yoked to his people in a covenant relationship and then walking right with God because we're being yoked to God. He's now teaching us how to walk. He's teaching us how to be content. He's teaching us which way to go. He's showing us how to be. He's showing us how to love, how to talk, how to act, how to think, all these things. Because we are walking with Christ. We are allowing Christ to be the strong authority in our lives, being yoked to him. We take on his yoke upon us. He did not say take of my yoke. He says, take my yoke upon you. That means to put it on. That means to learn of him. That means to know him. That means personal, intimate relationship. Walking in the door of Jesus is taking of his yoke and it is learning of him. When we open scripture, we can see Jesus throughout the entire Bible from the first book of Genesis all the way to Revelation. As we continue to take of the yoke of our Lord, his strength becomes our strength. He is our strong authority who teaches us all things. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. We must always be walking by the spirit. We must always be walking yoked to our strong authority, allowing him access, opening the door and allowing him access to our lives, allowing him to meet us where we are, knowing that there is no place that he cannot reach us. 
There is no place where his restoration cannot find us. We can take up his yoke of any time. We can take up his yoke upon us at any moment of any situation that we may find ourselves in. We're never too late. There is not one person who cannot be free from bondage. There is not one person who cannot be free from the punishment of sin. If we sit here and we compare, we compare the burdens of this world to the burdens of Jesus. Come on, man. Which one would you rather have upon your head? Because Jesus tells us, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest in your soul. In your soul. And it's interesting because when I look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 5, it says, blessed the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So if blessed are the meek and the meek shall inherit the earth, come on now, it's only right for Jesus to be meek. The earth is his and the fullness thereof. It's only right that he is meek because the earth is his and the fullness thereof. And we know that the meek shall inherit the earth. He's already inherited the earth from his father. Everything in it is his. Everything in it was created for him by him. Meekness is his character. Loneliness is in his heart. And with that, we can too be like Jesus. And in the pushing and pressing toward the mark of the higher calling of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, we can find rest. Not just any rest, but the rest Upon our souls, the rest that only the Redeemer can give us. The peace that surpasses all understanding. All hell can be breaking loose in your life and people can look at you like, girl, why you ain't stressed out? Like, what's going Like, look, like, oh, you got all this going on and, and you just over there just content. Why? Because my Lord and my Savior. Why? Because I trust in the Lord. Why? Because God got to my back. Why? Because I have found rest for my soul. The things of this world does not move me. My burdens do not move me because they're not mine. They're Christ. The things that look like it's crazy, that look like, oh, I just can't get through this. They're not mine. I don't look at that. 
I keep my eyes on the Lamb of God. I look to the Lamb because He is how I can overcome. He is how I can have rest, that I can be at a state of peace in my soul, that I can walk by faith and not by sight because I trust in him, because I trust in his plan over my life, because I have walked through the door, because I understand that he is the door of life. I understand that I am resurrected and the things of old is no more and I am created new in him. I understand that. I understand that there has been a renewal of my mind and a transformation is taking place in me because I have waited at his feet and I no longer walk in who I used to be. I no longer walk in what things look like. I no longer walk in the things of this world, but I walk by faith because my soul is resting my soul is resting in God. My soul is resting in Christ. My spirit is leading me. And when my spirit is leading my flesh, the things of this world does not move me. The things of this world does not tempt me. The things of this world does not affect me. Because I know who my father is. I know who I am in him. I understand my identity in Christ. And this is why he tells us, right, in verse 30. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the service that I shall require. It's easily rendered. Is what he's saying. They are not burdensome. I am no longer living in ritualistic religion. Working for salvation. Because I received it freely. From my savior. Freely. And coming to him. There is a peace. There is a peace that we cannot even explain when people, when we give our testimony, people be like, girl, like, you know, what, how? We don't even know. All we know is in believing in him, I found joy. In believing in him, I found peace. In following him, there is good report. In following him, I have comfort. And believing in him, he has been bearing my burdens. In bearing trials and persecution, I have the hope of the glory of God. And in keeping his word in my heart, I've been rewarded with such a peace that is just meant. Keeping the burdens of God, keeping the yoke of the Lord, I've been rewarded with the peace. With the peace. The invitation is wide open. It's wide open. 
The door of the kingdom of heaven is wide open. The door through which sheep can come and can go is wide open. The name of him who brings salvation to those who follow his guidance is open. He who came in by the door, which John the Baptist opened for him, is open. It stands open to all, to any man who chooses to walk through. Any person who chooses to walk through the door of life. The salvation that is mentioned here refers to the entire process of soul health. This is why he tells us, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Unto your soul. The child and the old person, old man, elder, whatever, may seek and may find salvation at the feet of the same Savior. No child is too young. No person is too old. No one is too great a sinner. Because Christ is full. He's full of mercy. He's the fullness of God's goodness. And all who come shall find peace. All, not some, all. But we have to remember and understand that we have to take of his yoke. We have to take it upon us. We have to learn of him. And in the learning of him, that is how our souls can be at rest. That is how we can be content in the places and spaces where God is leading us. That is how we can overcome. When someone looks at the yoke of Jesus, right? When they look at this word, take of my yoke, it is easy to get all kinds of wrong ideas about it. But if we would just listen to what Jesus said, he said, take my yoke upon you, we would take it and see what kind of yoke it really is. The yoke of Jesus is easy compared to other things of this world. The yoke of Jesus is easy and it's light as long as we do not rebel against it. The yoke of Jesus has nothing to do with worries that are forbidden from us. The yoke of Jesus does not include the burdens that we choose to add to our lives. He tells us, take of his yoke. It has nothing to do with the things that we feel like we need to add on. It is his servant heart. That is being displayed throughout all of his ministries. 
making him qualified to be the one who bears our burdens. We will find rest for our souls. It is a gift of the followers of Christ to have rest for our souls. This unmatched gift, both powerful and profound, we should consider it the birthright of those who come to Jesus and are his followers, his faithful disciples in the things that he teaches, in the good news. We should believe that something is wrong if we don't experience rest. If we are followers of Christ, but we are restless, there is something wrong. Because the word tells us time and time again, you will find rest for your souls. It is an echo of the Hebrew text, even in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16. It literally says, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where there is the good way and walk therein and ye shall find rest for your souls. Rest for your souls. Walk in the good way. What is the way? Who is the way? Jesus tells us, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Walk in the good way and we can find the rest for our souls. But if we find our place in a restless place, then we know that we need to be asking ourselves the hard questions. Do we have the yoke of Jesus? Have we taken it upon us? Do we have the burden of Christ, which Jesus summarized as the light burden and the easy yoke? Are we carrying that or are we adding on to that? This isn't a call to a lazy life. There is still a yoke to bear. There is still a burden to carry. Yet with and in Jesus, they are easy and light. Jesus' yoke is easy, not because it makes lighter demands, but because it represents entering into a discipled relationship. Because it requires for us to be led by his spirit. It's not because it makes lighter demands. We are still called to do a certain work, to perform the work of the kingdom. We are called to be the builders of the kingdom of God here in the earth. But we have to do that in relationship with Christ. If your yoke is hard and your burden is heavy, then we can say that it isn't Jesus's yoke or burden. And you aren't letting him bear it with you. Jesus says it plainly. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
That does not mean that we're not going to face trials and tribulations. That does not mean that things are not going to come up against us. That does not mean that the training ground is not going to be hard. That does not mean that everything will be on a primrose path and whoop-de-doop-de-doo. No. It means that we have help. It means that we can overcome because he has already overcame. It means that we are called to be greater, to go higher, to do better works than he who has already come before us. That's what it means. But we have to take of it. We have to be led by his spirit. We have to understand that Christ is the authority in our lives. He is the only one that can give us rest. We can't give ourselves rest and we have to understand our need for our Lord and our Savior. And with that being said, I want to pose the question for you guys so that we can stay in a state of being mindful, of being elevated when it comes to the word of God. Whose burden do you have? Is it yours? Or is it Christ? Is it light? Or is it heavy? Whose burden have you taken up? Is it others? Whose burden are you carrying? And so I just want to say thank you guys for joining me here once again. And I'm going to go ahead and pray us most gracious and heavenly father i thank you for this day father god i thank you for another day another opportunity father god to get to know you to dig into your word father god to come to you lord god into the high places father god into the mountains where we can receive revelation lord god we can receive guidance father god i thank you for your word father god and i thank you for every listener that is tuning into this podcast lord god i thank you for the seeking father god of your people People, Lord God, because your people, Father God, are, are looking, Father God, they're seeking for something higher, Father God. And I just ask that your spirit is rushed upon them, Father God, that your Holy Spirit is there, Lord God, doing its perfect work in each and every last single one of us, Father God. Father God, I ask, Father God, if there's anyone here that is listening, Lord God, who is in a space that they need to repent, Lord God, who is in a space where they are willing to accept your Holy Spirit in them, Lord God, who is in a space where they are ready to hear your word and receive it into their hearts, Lord God. I ask, Father God, that you do the perfect work that you are always doing in that person's life today, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. I ask, Father God, that your Holy Spirit continues to lead and guide us, Lord God, to allow us to know that it is only in you, Lord God, that we can receive rest for our souls, Lord Father God. I ask, Father God, that you continue to teach us how to take of your yoke, Lord God, how to take your yoke upon us, Father God, to know that it is light, Lord God, that your burden is easy, Lord God. I continue to thank and praise you, Lord God, for all of the revelation that has come upon me, Lord God, for just the pouring out of your spirit, Lord God. I thank you for me even pouring out right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God.
I ask you, Father God, to continue to lead us, Lord God. Continue to guide us, Lord God. Continue to show us in the ways that we should go, Father God. Continue to order our steps in your word, Father God. Allow us to be able to store your word in our hearts, Lord God, so that when we open our mouths, Father God, the word, your word, your precious word comes out of us, Father God. Allow us to be in a mind state, Father God, that is continuing to seek after you, to continue to seek after your kingdom and after your righteousness, Lord God, to allow us, Father God, to know you personally, intimately, Lord, our personal Lord and Savior. We love you, Lord. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord God. We lay our burdens down at your feet, Father God. We ask you to help us to lay those burdens down, Lord God, because sometimes they're a little bit too heavy. Sometimes we can't, we don't know how, Father God, but I ask that your Holy Spirit continues to lead us and continues to guide us in the ways of having to lay those burdens down, Lord God, and being able to take of your burdens, which is easy, Lord God. And we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for your help, Lord God. I know that it is already done in the name of Jesus, Lord God. You know what it is that each and every last single person is going through. You know exactly what each and every last single one of us is faith with right now in the name of Jesus, Father God. So we ask that our requests be fulfilled, Lord God, to allow us, Lord God, to elevate spiritually, Lord God, to elevate physically, Lord God, to increase our territory, Father God, allow us to preach and teach the gospel, Lord God, to whoever has ears to hear, Father God. We open our hands, Lord God, and we use what we have, what you have already given us, Father God. We thank you that our lives have been predestined since the beginning of time and that we have all that we need in order to continue on on this journey, Father God, and that you, we can trust in you to continue to lead and guide us into into the spaces and places where we need to be, Lord God, to continue to elevate, Father God, to continue to go higher in you, Lord God, to continue to seek and reach after your consciousness, after your divine mind, after those divine encounters, Lord God, that we can be led by you, Lord. God, that we can be led to the people who need to hear a word from you, Lord God, who just needs to hear your word flat out, Lord God. So we thank you. We love you. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory, Lord God. And we just continue to praise you. We continue to worship you. Amen and amen. Thank you all for joining me here on the Pace Place podcast. I am your host, Latrell Pace, and I will catch you all later. You guys go out, have a beautiful day, and be awesome people. And remember, God loves you, and God be with you all.